Blog Talk Radio. Keep the devil 
to a life of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves. Developing tonight, new fallout after the Supreme Court rules that the president went seriously too far with his pen and his phone. Welcome to The Kelly File, everyone. I'm Megan Kelly. The Supremes very clear in their decision today. Not one dissenting voice. Not even the justices who owe their high court seats to the president. The 13th time they have ruled against this administration unanimously. Today, all of the nine justices agreed that President Obama went too far when he made three recess appointments to the National Labor Relations Board back in 2012, when he could not get some controversial candidates on the board. Actually, he didn't even offer them uh, a, a chance at confirmation. He just assumed they weren't going to get it. And he decided to go around Congress by declaring that the Senate was not in session, even though they were, and that he had the power to bypass Senate approval. It was exactly this kind of action that then-candidate Barack Obama frequently complained about when he was running for president back in 2008. This is part of the whole theory of George Bush, that he can make laws as he's going along. Uh, I disagree with that. I taught the Constitution for 10 years. I believe in the Constitution, and I will obey the Constitution of the United States. Well, you didn't say the Supreme Court justices. Senator Mike Lee, who was in those Supreme Court hearings today, joins us now. Senator, he just, he just didn't. And at the time, the White House was pressed on how they could possibly be arguing. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. All about me. I've got a lot. Of stories to tell, and they're all about me. I am the guy next to you on the plane, with the big mouth and the pea-sized brain, talking with glee, incessantly, all about me. You're trying to read, it's all about me. but you won't succeed. By the end of this flight, you'll be able to write a whole book about me. I just bought a brand new Lamborghini to compensate for my small self-esteem. Oh yeah, me, 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 me. It's all about moi. Moi. All right, welcome, folks, to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. 
uh, from the College of William and Mary. Uh, yeah. Today's date, Tuesday, March 17th, 2015, United States of America, planet Earth, their planet from the sun. It's all about me. Did you hear that clip uh, with Megyn Kelly about uh, President Obama saying that uh, what George Bush did was like making up laws as he went along and all of that, and he doesn't like it, and he certainly wouldn't do such a thing. But here he is in office, and quite a few Americans believe that he's doing just that. What what I what what causes a man to Say such things. And it, it, is it uh, selective memory? Is it? Uh, did I really say that? I don't remember saying that. I mean, how many of us have 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 been told that that we said something, um, and we don't remember ever saying it? Did I say that? I mean, I've been I've been told. Did I, I mean, I can't believe I said that. But uh, Obama has said things as a senator and about George Bush um, and how George Bush behaved lawlessly and was making up laws as he went along and all of that. And, and here Obama is doing exactly that, even though George Bush didn't do any of those things. So what makes a man do that sort of thing? I mean, talk out of both sides of his mouth, as we call it. What makes a man do that? Is the man in the White House mentally ill? Is the question. What makes a man lie his ass off to your face when you know damn well he is lying? Yes, that's Obama's theme song. You know he's lying. He knows he's lying. But he lies to you anyway. What makes a man do that? Or a woman, or anybody? I mean, I had my issues with with President Clinton. You know, I, I never thought he was a bad president. And I voted for him, President Clinton, the first time around. Uh, over over um over Bush Bush senior and uh, I didn't have a problem with Clinton until he started lying specifically when he started lying about his relationship with Monica Lewinsky and all the other women that claim, that came out of the woodwork it was called back then Quote, the bimbo eruption, Jennifer Flowers, and, and on and on and on, end quote, bimbo erupt, quote, bimbo eruption, end quote. So, and then, you know, it, it sort of came to a head with me when he uh, presented himself on television and he, he said, um, I want to tell you, and he waggled his finger in my face and yours. Bit his lower lip, and he said, "I want to tell you, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Ms. Lewinsky." And 
he was earnest, wasn't he? He was earnest and and sincere. But he was lying his ass off. And here's the thing. If you're going to lie to me and you assume and you know that I know you're lying, but you're lying anyway, then that just says you don't respect me. That you're trying to make a fool out of me. Because you're insulting my intelligence. If you're lying and you know that I know that you know that I know that you know that I know that you're lying, then we got a problem. It's a serious problem too. So here we have a president who just flat out lies. And so the question is, is the man in the White House mentally ill? I'm not asking this with my tongue in my cheek. I'm 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 serious. I'm, I I was listening to Mr. Obama's press conference a while back and thought there's something seriously wrong with this guy. He's either mentally ill or delusional. Either choice is possibility. But something is definitely wrong with him. He he seems somehow inhuman. I mean, honor. Where where is the honor? Where's the integrity? Is it are we destined as a country and as a people to continue to hire public officials who blatantly mislead lie to us, con us, all of that. Is it even possible for a politician to be honest on both sides of the aisle, Democrat or Republicans? Obama was hailed as the Messiah, the one who was going to – we were all going to rise above petty politics with this clown. And yet he seems to be the worst of the lot. I've lived my entire life in a world of competition, and I understand human emotion and the human emotion that is associated with winning and losing. I grew up with the opening theme of ABC's wide world of sports continuously playing in my head. If I close my eyes, I can hear the voice of Jim McKay bouncing around the corners of my fertile brain. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition is ABC's wide world of sports. How many of you remember that? Not many, I believe, because I don't know. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat brings with it emotions. That's why we watch sports. We love the human drama of athletic competition. That's why we have press conferences after games. We love to hear the emotional reaction to winning and losing. President Obama is a hollow man. He has no feelings. He feels no emotions. The human drama of competition seems to have no outward effect on him. Let's be blunt. He got his ass kicked. Every talking head on the tube 
was pointing the finger at his unpopularity. The bloom is off the rose. It is a direct repudiation of his policies. The era of Obama is over. It is as if everyone knows it but him. And yes, I'm talking about the midterm elections where Republicans took both the House and the Senate. But Obama didn't seem to notice that at all. Remember when when Bill Clinton got thumped, lost both houses? Wait, did he lose both houses or just one? I think he lost both. Yeah, he lost both. He came out and was conciliatory. conciliatory. Why wasn't Obama that way? Politics is nothing more than a beauty contest, folks, and Obama has been voted off the island. But he acts as if he still owns the island. There seems to be no agony in his defeat. It's not normal. His emotions do not line up with reality. He is either sick or he is delusional. And I'm very serious about this. His party rejected him. The American people rejected him. His fawning media has turned their affections in a different direction, yet he shows no emotion. I watch him on the TV. I watch him in his press conferences. I watch his eyes as he responds to the media's questions. But he seems as if he reacts as if he's he came out on top. Now maybe he's doing this because you know he's a proud man. He doesn't want to admit defeat. He doesn't want to admit that he's been exposed, that the emperor is buck naked. I googled the word sociopath, and it read as follows. Quote, a person with a psychopathic personality whose behavior is antisocial, often criminal, and who lacks a sense of moral responsibility or social conscience, end quote. Is that Obama? Is that the guy living the life of President of the United States? I went a bit further and Googled characteristics of a sociopath. Read it for yourself. But permit me to summarize. You recognize his mental illness by these traits. Number one, an oversized ego. Lying and showing manipulative behavior. Incapable of showing empathy. Lack of shame or remorse. Staying eerily calm in dangerous dangerous situations. Behaving irresponsibly or with extreme impulsivity. Having few close friends. Being charming but only superficially. Living by the pleasure principle, showing disregard for societal norms, having intense eyes. That's an interesting one. The man is either uh, sick or non-human, and we know he's human. He does not react like normal human beings. And, well, is it sounding like sour grapes, though? I have to ask my, myself that question. 
because he got us something when he lost the house. Ass was kicked. He stated during the Senate uh, uh, campaign uh, when when that was going on that his policies were on the ballot. Ass kicked there too. We expect him to show some humility, but he refuses. So I asked myself earlier today when I thought about this broadcast, am I am I being you know am I, am I jealous? Am I what am I feeling by saying, well, why doesn't this guy accept his ass kicking like a man and show some emotion? Perhaps I'm frustrated. I don't know. Consider this. From the article that I that I googled, sociopaths can be very sociopaths can be very charismatic and friendly because they know it will help them get what they want. They are expert con artists and always have a secret agenda. People are so amazed when they find that someone is a sociopath because they're so amazing amazingly effective at blending in. They're masters of disguise. Their main tool to keep them from being discovered is a creation of an outer personality. Does that sound like Obama to you? Mary writes in the chat room, you can tell he's angry. Yes, he is angry. He's angry, um, but you know he, he's not going to stand in front of the cameras and admit – that he took a whooping and that the American people, for the most part, have, tur- have turned against him. But privately, I'm hearing all kinds of things, as many of you are. Privately, we're hearing that he was seething at the defeat. Privately, we're hearing that he is upset with Democrats who turned on him after the, uh, after the election. After the uh, the thumping, shellacking. So, I it just seems well. I don't know. I don't know. But I do have a question: Who is who is Barack Hussein Obama? The man in the White House. Without a doubt, my friends, Obama is the most unvetted, unaccomplished, unqualified person to ever occupy the Oval Office in American history. Bill Clinton, in reference to Obama's inexperience, is reported to have told Ted Kennedy during the 2008 campaign, and I quote, A few years ago, this guy, Obama, would have been carrying our bags, end quote. (laughs) Bill Clinton, let me me repeat that. Bill Clinton, in reference to Obama's inexperience, is reported to have told Ted Kennedy during the 2008 campaign, and I quote, a few years ago, this guy – would have been carrying our bags, end quote. Aside from Obama being completely and totally unqualified to be the leader of the free world, do we even know for sure 
that Obama is mentally stable. Now, but but I'll ask this just one more time. What does it say about us? What does it say about the state of our nation? What does it say about the United States of America that our country elected Barack Hussein Obama twice? Twice. By all rights, by all that is holy, by all that is measurable and all that is good and right and just, we should have made this mistake only once. <sighs> you know how you know, when, when, when you when you when you go into an interview and uh and you don't know what you're doing and somehow you manage to get the job even though you know that you're unqualified and maybe you 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 get that 90 day thing and and then you're 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 um you're uh you have an evaluation and and then either you're judged to be qualified or you're not and they let you go it's never happened to me I've never had a real job before <laughs> I've never had a job as a marine corps but we should have let this guy go. Why didn't we? How was it that he managed to win re-election to the presidency of the United States being so unqualified? And, yeah, the question has been asked. Aren't all politicians narcissists? Egomaniacs? Isn't that part of the prerequisite for running for office? And what does that say about us still if these are the types of people we elect? We have a completely and totally unqualified man in the White House, and we don't know anything about him. Nothing of note. We know that Bill Clinton was a Rhodes Scholar. We know that Bill Clinton got great grades in school. We know that he had several dalliances with ladies um, that were not Hillary while he was governor of Arkansas and while he was uh, in the White House. We know all about Bill Clinton. We knew all about Bill Clinton when he ran for the presidency. He was vetted and vetted and vetted and vetted some more. Before him, George Bush. Mm-hmm. Before him, Ronald Reagan. We knew all about Ronnie, of course. We knew all about Carter, Ford. We knew all about Nixon. And 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 on and on. LBJ. We know all about these folks. If I want to look up their grades in college, high school, grade school, I can find out. Each and every one of them. Barack Obama's grades 
from the time he entered grade school all the way through college are sealed. We know very little about the man at all. And what did Obama say? Obama is a narcissist, or he may have narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissists have a grandiose, inflated, messiah-like self-image and cannot stand to be criticized. And what do we hear about Obama that he can't stand to be criticized? Can't stand it. Obama's Christ-like view of himself is very clearly revealed, or was, in his Democrat Democratic nomination victory speech in St. Paul, Minnesota, on June 3rd, 2008, in which he tells a worshiping audience, quote, This was the moment when the rise of the ocean began to slow, and our planet began to heal. Clearly, this is a delusional statement. At the end of Barack's Super Tuesday speech in Chicago, February 5th, 2008, Barack Obama makes another ludicrous and insane pronouncement telling his followers, quote, We are the ones that we have been waiting for. End quote. This is a narcissistic doublespeak. In translation, what Obama really is really saying is, I am the one the world has been waiting for. Clearly, that's been proven incorrect. And why is so much of Obama's past routed in secrecy? And why is there such a plethora of unanswered questions? Yes, plethora. Huh? I wanted to use, I've, I've been wanting to use that word for a while now. Plethora of unanswered questions about Barack Hussein Obama. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. <laughs> We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. These are the True News headlines for Monday, March 17, 2015. Polls have opened in Israel's general election. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's party and a center-left alliance face a tight race. Mr. Netanyahu says he will not allow the creation of a Palestinian state if he wins another term in office. But the Zionist Union says it will work to improve relations with the Palestinians and the rest of the world. Current Prime Minister may be able to form a new coalition even if his Likud party doesn't win the poll. Professor Yossi Milkenberg, Israel expert at foreign affairs think tank Chatham House, says that the process of coalition forming could take some time. If we, we, we look at the public opinion polls, it seems that the, the Labour Party uh, is, is, is leading in the sense that there is like four or five seats advantage, but the main question will be not who is having more seats, but who is can form a, a coalition. And this we have to look more on the blocks of the right and the, and the left in Israel and who the party is going to recommend at the end of the elections to the president to form a, a, a government. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry and Iranian Foreign Minister Zavid Zarif have sat down for a second day of talks in Lausanne, Switzerland, in an attempt to reach an agreement on Iran's nuclear program by the end of the month. With just two weeks to go before the deadline, talks are at a crucial point. Elena Casas reports from Lausanne. 
The mood is optimistic here in Lausanne, with officials on both sides saying they're confident a deal can be reached this week. Sticking points remain over how many nuclear centrifuges Iran can keep for civilian purposes and how quickly the U.S. can lift sanctions in exchange for Iranian cooperation. Both sides say they're taking the deadline at the end of this month seriously, and there is no plan B. Any deal would then need to be approved by the U.N. Security Council. Elena Casas, Lausanne. The White House has clarified U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry's statement on Syria. Over the weekend, the Secretary of State raised eyebrows when he told an American broadcaster, CBS News, that Washington will have to negotiate in the end with Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. Now the White House spokesman Josh Ernest said that really meant the Assad regime. What uh, Secretary Kerry saying is that he does believe that it's appropriate for representatives of the regime to sit down with members of the moderate Syrian opposition to try to make some negotiated decisions uh, about the political transition in Syria. The Secretary Kerry was referring to Assad as, a, uh, as essentially a proxy for the regime. He did not envision a scenario where uh, Assad would himself participate in those conversations. Three more suspects in February's shooting of Russian opposition politician Moris Nestov have been officially charged with involvement in his murder, reports the Intervax News Agency. It comes as a lawyer, the main suspect, says his client has an alibi. For more uncensored news, views, and commentary, be sure to tune in to our website, www.truenews.com. That's www.trunews.com. Americans think sitting President Barack Obama is the nation's worst leader since the last World War, according to a poll released this morning. A third of Americans singled out Obama as their least favorite president since 1945 inches Quinnipiac University's latest presidential poll, just ahead of George W. Bush, who received 28% of the vote. In a head-to-head matchup between the two most recent presidents, Bush and Obama, Bush narrowly came out the victor with 40% of survey takers saying he was a better president than Obama and 39% saying he was worse. Over the span of 69 years of American history and 12 presidencies, President Barack Obama finds himself with President George W. Bush at the bottom of the popularity barrel, Tim Malloy, assistant director of the Quinnipiac University poll, said in a statement. Ranked in order of how bad Americans say they were, the 12 presidents included in the survey were, Obama, Bush, Richard Nixon, Jimmy Carter, Lyndon Johnson, Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, Gerald Ford, George H.W. Bush, Dwight Eisenhower, Harry Truman and John F. Kennedy. The Sit Rep with Doc Jones. He has a unique perspective. But, but... I happen to view the jobless numbers when they come out every Thursday at 8.30 on Fox News for Aaron Balance as a good thing. When the jobless numbers come out and they're bad, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Because that just gets President Obama that much closer to the door. And heading back to Chicago or wherever the hell he's from. You know what? I have no shame about it. I have no shame about it. None. None. The Situation Report with Dr. C. Robert Jones, weekdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, welcome back, folks, to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Let's talk about it. 
We've asked these questions before. Why is so much of Obama's past shrouded in secrecy? Why is there such a plethora of unanswered questions about Barack Hussein Obama, for instance? Why are all of Obama's college records sealed? Why? Why? Is it relevant to him being president? Maybe not. But why? (laughs) I mean, why? Number two, did Obama receive government aid as a foreign exchange student when he attended Occidental College? Oh, uh, three, Obama admits he traveled to Pakistan at age 20 in, in 1981. Well then, what passport did Obama use to fly to Pakistan since Pakistan was on the U.S. State Department's no travel list at that very time? Was Obama lying when he said that he traveled to Pakistan at age 20? No, he didn't connect the dates. Why did Obama surrender his law license in Illinois after attending prestigious Harvard University to attain one? Why did why did why did Michelle surrender hers? Why did Obama surrender his law license in Illinois? Why? Why so much of Obama's past hidden and shrouded in secrecy? How can we find out who Barack Obama really is? There's no better better way to know a person than by what he says. So let's see what is revealed about Obama by his own words. In his own book, Dreams of My Father. You know, and I'm, I'm wondering... As I'm speaking these words, does it even matter anymore? On page 145, in Dreams of My Father, Obama recalls a trip with his mother to the uh, museum in Chicago, the famous Field Museum. Been there many times myself. It's one of the most boring places on earth, but I've been there. At the Field Museum, uh, Barack Obama says, and I quote, At the Field Museum, I saw two shrunken heads. That were on display. They were were wrinkled but well preserved, each the size of my palm, their eyes and mouths sewn shut, just as I should have expected. They appeared to be of European extraction. The man had a small goatee like a conquistador. The female had flowing red hair. I stared at them for a long time until my mother pulled me away. Feeling with the morbid glee of a young boy, as if I had stumbled upon some sort of cosmic joke, not so much as the heads had been shrunk, that I could understand. It was the same idea as eating tiger meat with Lolo, a form of magic. A taking of control, rather the fact these little European faces were here in a glass case where strangers, perhaps even descendants, 
might observe the details of their gruesome fate that no one seemed to think that odd. Well, the first thing I'm thinking about is how does a little boy think all that stuff? I mean, I find it difficult that a little boy, uh, it doesn't really state how old he was, but, you know, I consider myself to be a pretty smart guy and pretty thoughtful, and I saw a similar um, similar thing at the Museum of Science and Industry, which is just up the road from the Field Museum, uh, Lakeshore Drive. And at Lakeshore Drive, I'm standing down. There's a stairwell, and 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 this this exhibit is still there. Than what I'm about to talk about, where there's a man, full grown man, sliced in, well, less than an inch, quarter inch thick slices from head to toe and each slice of this man is in i suppose formaldehyde and so you could look at it it's like a a a lie an mri but not an image it's a person so you're looking inside at all the person's innards cuz he's sliced you know like like a slicer when you're slicing like meat so I recall walking up and down the stairs looking at that dude in all of his pieces. And, you know, I was a pretty smart little kid. <laughs> all I saw was a dude who was sliced in a whole bunch of pieces. And I'm like, I'm wondering how, how they did it. <laughs> like, how did they slice that dude? Poor guy. And, you know, all I could think of was, you know, I can see his hair. I can see hair on this thing. And I, gross. I'm headed down the other way, get some popcorn or something. But that was it. But Obama thought all of that while he was standing there looking at the shrunken head of some dude. I didn't get it. I don't get that whole passage. But but I'm still wondering, why does all this matter? It's over now. He's got less than 19 months left. It's over. Game over. He's been president for nearly seven years. There's almost nothing left to talk about. It's almost time to like move on from this dude. And, you know, pretty soon we're all going to exhaust our issues with Barack Obama, the most mysterious and secretive president in American history. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this dude. It's, but it does. I wonder, you know, as, as I go through my life, how how is this guy going to be perceived throughout history? The history of Barack Hussein Obama. How is that going to be written? What is it? Oh, is he going to go down as the worst president in the history of this country? Will he? Will, will 
I mean, there there are folks out there who actually believe that this guy is a, a really great president and that the only reason why he hasn't fulfilled his destiny is that those pesky Republicans, those white men, the um, hoods have come off, according to black folks, that Barack Obama is um, being thwarted at every turn by those evil Republicans. So... I, I don't know. My question is, what's the? I'm, I'm asking myself. Well, what is the purpose of continuing to talk about this guy? I don't know if he's crazy. I don't know if he's out there where the buses don't run. I know that what we should be talking about is what he's doing right now in office every single day. And yet we continue to wonder about who he is as opposed to what he's doing now. And I'm not the only one. There, 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 there are dozens of books. I've got six of them, six, on the shelf right behind me that do not speak to what he's doing in office right now. But who is this guy? Easy. Who are his friends? What's the deal with his birth certificate? Was he born in the United States? And we shouldn't ask we shouldn't have to ask these questions. We shouldn't wonder about who our president is. Got no close friends, no buddies, except uh, that Reggie Love dude. He's got Valerie Jarrett. He's got a, a really close circle. People don't know who the guy is. Nobody's really close to him. Some folks think he's closet homosexual. Of course, he smokes some pot, smokes some pot, smokes some reefer, smokes some some dope. Did a little cocaine. We know that. Smoked, uh, smoked cigarettes. You know, he, he was pretty much a, you know, ne'er do well as a, as a young man. Didn't get in much trouble. Didn't have any police trouble. We know that. But is why do we wonder whether the guy is mentally stable or not? Did we wonder these things about Bush? Did we wonder? These things about uh, Reagan or Clinton or Carter or Ford. Well, we did wonder about Nixon, but and we did wonder a little about Lincoln. There's still some some issues out there with uh, Lincoln's. Uh, Lincoln may may have been uh, you know quite depressed, but with good reason, of course. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. And and the fact that he's supremely narcissistic, is that even a dispute? And some have said that, well, you know, he's supremely narcissistic, but what politician isn't? That's what I keep hearing. What politician isn't? By definition, to run for for office, you have to be narcissistic but here's my thing 
dude is lying his ass off every single day, and the lies are blatant. The things he says are just outright lies, and he says them with a complete straight face. And maybe at 53, I'm a bit naive. I'm kind of looking for that guy to come in office and like tell me the truth. Be he Democrat or Republicans, tell me the truth. Obama said he'd do that. It'd be the most transparent administration in our nation's history. And yet he lies his ass off at every turn. Narcissism is a defense mechanism whose role is to deflect hurt and trauma from the victim's true self into a false self, which is omnipotent, invulnerable, and omniscient. This false self is then used by the narcissist to garner narcissistic supply from his human environment. Narcissistic supply is in any form of attention, both positive and negative, and is instrumental in the regulation of the narcissist's libel sense of self-worth. Obama's not an ordinary man. He's not a genius. In fact, he's quite ignorant on most important subjects. Barack Obama is a narcissist, though. Narcissistic leaders are nefarious, and their effects are pernicious. They're subtle, refined, socially adapt, manipulative, possessed of thespian skills, and convincing. Both types, cerebral and somatic, equally lack empathy and are ruthless and relentless or and or driven. These are the very traits, my friends, that distinguished Hitler and Khomeini and Mussolini and Stalin and Lenin and so many others. I don't know. Narcissists need power to show their ruthlessness, considering the fact that Obama neglected his own half-brother, George Hussein Obama, who lives on $1 per month in Kenya. We can't vouch for Obama's empathy or say he's a caring person. Narcissists have only one issue. They want power and will do and say anything to get it. Their words mean nothing to them. They do not intend to keep their words. They look into your eyes and swear on a stack of Bibles that they're not going to do something when that is exactly what they intend to do. They break their promises when it suits them and and annul their treaties when they can get away with it. Narcissists use anything they can lay their hands on in the pursuit of narcissistic supply. If God, creed, church, faith, and institutionalized religion can provide them with narcissistic supply… They'll become devout. They will abandon religion if it can't supply them. Narcissists are often callous, even ruthless. 
Does this, any of this ring a bell with anybody? Do you have folks like that in your family, your friends, maybe your wife or your girlfriend? Does any of this strike you as being part of what we see in our president today? I don't know. I know that uh, I'm getting tired of talking about this guy. So I'm going to stop talking about him for today. Benjamin Netanyahu won. (laughs) I guess Barack, uh, probably not a happy camper right now. Netanyahu has declared victory. He stays. He'll still be around after Obama is gone, and you have got to love that. B.B. has eked out a victory, and you got to wonder what's happening in the White House right now, tonight. Because Benjamin Netanyahu is going to be here after Obama's gone. And it's rumored that the Obama administration sent its minions to Israel to help the opposition party in an effort to oust Bibi. Didn't work. And Benjamin Netanyahu is smiling from ear to ear on Fox News. Fair and balanced. We report you decide. So I'm a happy man tonight. I'm feeling good knowing that the president of the United States, our clown prince, is probably not having a good night tonight. He's probably not having a good night at all. And that means I'm going to sleep like a baby. I'm going to sleep like a baby, knowing that Obama is probably not going to. Thank you all for listening tonight. It's time to head over to the Exceptional Conservatives uh, radio show. Tomorrow night, G-Ski will be back. And uh, probably head over to his show tomorrow night. But I want to thank you all for listening tonight. There's so many things you could be doing. Any shows to come in and listen to my show, and I do so appreciate it. Hope you all have a great night and a great day tomorrow. God bless you. Oh, by the way, I'm going on vacation April 6th. Be gone until the 17th. So any of you out there are interested in hosting a blog talk radio show of your very own for that time I'm away, I will give you my username and password. You can log in and you can host my show if you want. While I'm gone, host your own show. Huh? Contact me at USMarine, the number one at hotmail.com. Well, thank you once again. Good night. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
blank. What do those words mean to you? To me, they say, thank you, America, for your strength, your courage, and for our freedom, which has been a beacon to the world for 200 years. Of the United States of America. Whose bright stars are 50 states, each bearing its own stamp of individuality. People, 200 million strong. People who have come to her from all corners of the earth. And to the republic for which it stands. A land of laws, an ingenious system of checks and balances that allows no man to become a tyrant and lets no group prevail if their power is not tempered with a real concern for the governed. A land where the right of dissent and free speech is jealously guarded. Where the ballot box is the sword people, it's wielded. One nation under God. A land where freedom of worship is a cornerstone of her being. A land graced with temples and churches, synagogues and altars that rise in profusion to embrace all the religions of the world. A land forged by the hot steel of raw courage, conformed forever by the awful crucible civil war, where man in pursuit of an honest life will not be denied his chance, where her citizens move freely within her vast borders without hindrance or fear, a land brimming with opportunity, where freedom of choice is the guideline for all. The courts of our land are open to all, its wheels of justice grind for all causes, all people. They look to every avenue for justice, every concern of the law, and they temper their reasoning with mercy for all.